You know, nobody that is truly successful has done it on their own. So reciprocity, you know, the practice of exchanging things with others for mutual benefit. Um, to me, it's something that became a pillar out of my frustration with the industry because I was in the industry, whatever you want to call that. And I saw a lot of people taking, 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 taking. But I didn't see people selflessly giving back or checking in on one each other, on one another because it's not always an exchange of things. It can be an exchange of energy. It can be a uh, just as, as the, the mindfulness, right? You know, to me, that's reciprocity. Hey, how are you doing? How is your family? How you know? Before you ask me for something, you know, ask how I'm doing. Welcome to the Mindful Rebel Podcast, a podcast where mindfulness and leadership intersect. My name is Sean Moore, and I'm the host and creator of the platform, The Mindful Rebel, as well as an educator, scholar, and creative. In this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Michael McConnell. Mike is an independent consultant who has been advising various brands for over a decade. He has used his lifestyle and event marketing expertise to effectively increase market share to various brands while enabling them to reach their intended target audience. Universal Records, Mazda, Sprite Green, Belvedere Vodka, Rockstar Games, and Time Warner Cable are a few of the companies who have called upon his services. Mike has most recently launched a startup called The Mastermind Connect, a private membership group for today's progressive man. The group provides over 60 members in the New York City metropolitan area with engaging events, community accountability programs, and chances to grow in their personal and professional careers. Mike is a proud father, husband, and a keynote speaker. He has had the honor of presenting at Long Island University, New York University, Florida A&M University, and has also had the opportunity to teach a one-day course in marketing and branding at Hunter College. Uh, I'm excited to talk to Michael McConnell. Michael, um, thank you for taking the time out to be on the podcast. Absolutely, man. Excited, and, and you're doing a great job with this platform. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think the best place to start, and I'm really uh, interested, you know, part of my background is in um, marketing as well. And, and looking at, you know, the work that you've done and, you know, the the companies, organizations, businesses that you've touched, I'm definitely interested in, in digging a little bit more into that about the experiences from that. And so I guess the best place to start is, um, if you can, talk to me a little bit about um, your journey in, um, you know, lifestyle and event marketing and your consulting work that you do. Ah, yes. Uh, It it has been some journey, Um, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, but that's just an entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I started off in marketing. I I like to call myself the accidental entrepreneur. Um, (laughs) It wasn't something that I, uh, you know, people have these really great stories like, oh yeah, you know, I saw the vision and I quit my job and no, I pretty much got fired from my job of uh, eight years, <laughs> and uh, I just got really tired of working for somebody, and I decided uh, to, instead of going back into the, the, the workforce, to um, entertain starting my own business, and at the time, I was dating somebody who was in branding, and she always used to say, you're a really amazing marketer, and I was like, what's that? Um, and over a course of time, you know, I just read a couple of books and, uh, you know, watched a lot of videos and, and I also had the opportunity to intern, um, and I interned for Diddy at uh, bad boy entertainment. And I will say that was a real turning point for me. 
it wow. made me uh, really want to c- come out guns a-blazing and start my marketing and, and consultation firm. Uh, so basically, I did a lot of consultation for brands and helped them devise their marketing strategies and plans on how to appeal to the urban market. Um, and that was, I would say, around 2006, 2007. Uh, and it was just a really great time. Um, and this is before, right before the market crash. Uh, so I have had probably over 100 to 125 different clients since then. Everybody from a Mazda to a Sprite to a Universal Records. And I, did, I never really had one specific niche. I, I like to think of myself as a generalist when it comes to marketing. Uh, but I, I really just had a love for it. And uh, it was a cross of small startups and major brands like a Sprite and a Universal Records. And I just found myself falling in love with the process. And uh, it, it's been that type of journey. And um, it just really, it really put me in a position where I was able to build my network. Um, and I built my network over a course of 10 plus years. And it allowed me to do what I'm doing today. Wow. So yeah, you yeah, you're coming with a, a wealth a wealth of knowledge from your background in in these marketing spaces for for these large, you know, companies, organizations. What what may have been some of the maybe the biggest lessons that you walked away from being in these spaces? Cuz I mean, I I see that, you know, it is a very wide, you know, like you mentioned Mazda, Sprite, uh Universal Records, that's a very wide portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um what have been maybe some of the common themes that came from your work there or, you know, work that maybe some tips or tricks that you pulled from these environments? Well, one thing I can say, if there's an entrepreneur out there listening who wants to get into that space, Mm -hmm. um, don't be intimidated because they need you. Um, A lot of these major brands have absolutely no idea how to market to people of color, especially like when I mean completely clueless, uh, you'll walk in a boardroom sometimes and there'll be 15 people and none of them look like you. And they'll be trying to figure out how to penetrate um, a certain social sector or appeal to the, they, they don't have a list of influencers. They don't know which events are, are, are really influential right now. So your wealth of knowledge matters. Your mm-hmm. knowledge of culture, uh, the knowledge of your space, your network, it matters. And they want access to that. Um, so uh, with your creative ideas that you pitch and you bring to the table along with your network, um, just don't be intimidated. Just know that they need you as much as you need them. Um, and to be honest, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we just need them for you know money and resources. Um, but I remember my first meeting. My first meeting was actually with a client who was a billionaire. Um, and at the time I didn't even own a suit. I, I just owned a suit jacket, had some Nike SB dunks and some, uh, some jeans. And I sat in this meeting with 35 people and it was an event that was specifically targeted towards people in my community, uh, the African-American community. And he was asking, he's like, does anybody have break dancers? Does anybody have, I need somebody who can do this. I need somebody who has access to Neo. And I, and I was like, Hey. <laughs> and he and he looked at me in that meeting. He said, "What's your name again?" I said, "My name is Mike." He said, "This guy right here gets it. I want people to look at this guy. He gets it." And that was a a really important moment for me. I was like, "Wow, you know, 
it doesn't take a billionaire for you to understand your value. But in that moment, from a business standpoint, I understood my value more than ever. So, of course, the next year I charge more. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I, I guess that's a pretty good segue into thinking about, like, you know, knowledge of culture, value and culture. Um, can you talk to me about um, Mastermind Connect, um, kind of, you know, what that is for my listeners um, and how the idea came to life and kind of what it looks like now? Absolutely, man. Um, Mastermind Connect is is so phenomenal. And not to speak in these hyperbolic like terms, uh, but it's 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 a monster. Um, Mastermind Connect is a private membership group for today's progressive man. Um, we help men grow personally, professionally, culturally, and now spiritually. We've been doing a lot of internal work as a group together, from meditation to yoga, um, and it really came out of um, a need, I just looked around me and uh, I saw a lot of the work that the women in my life were doing. Um, these sister circles, these getaways to these islands, just to like meditate, eat healthy and give each other positive reinforcement. And I said, where can I get this? Mm. Um, I was coming out of a really, really bad divorce, um, a really bad divorce. Um, and I knew that I wanted to elevate my game. I wanted to be around influential men that I could bond with and identify with. So it really came out of a need. Um, I looked around and I didn't see anything. All I saw was professional networking groups and guys in suits that were in character, you know, like they went from the office with the same character to this after work party with, in, with the same character, but who are you? And I wanted to create a platform with me and my partners, Manny Almonte, J.D. Weatherspoon, Vernon Jones, and Marlon Briscoe. I wanted to create a platform where you can be vulnerable, you know, but you can still talk about your business plan the next day. Um, I just felt like men were not one myopic thing. We're not just, you know, professionals or, you know, young networking professionals. I mean, that can get so rigid. And then uh, you find yourself um, using other means of escapism to connect and, 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 and dump all these emotions you have. And usually those are negative things. Um, they can be negative things. So we created a, a, a space where, you know, we do weekly events, we do camping trips, we do, we still do like tastings and we still have a good time. Um, I'm mostly proud of the work that we do in the community uh, for young men and women of color. And that's another thing you, I, I found that, you know, if you've had some sort of trauma, which I find a lot of uh, men of color have had in their lives, you can heal through community work. So mm. that's the mastermind. Um, I know that was a mouthful, but the mastermind is such a, <laughs> such a huge thing now. Um, especially in New York, that we keep adding on elements every quarter. So we have chapters in New York, D.C., and Colorado. Oh, wow. So we with that, I mean, you know, you, you, you touched on a lot of points, and I, I put a few bookmarks in, in where I was like, i got to revisit that, let's revisit that. Um, you talked about this whole idea of, you know, particularly us, Black men of color, you know, Black men, we, you know, are dealing with something, oftentimes walking around with a lot of trauma from, from our youth, from our childhood. Um, what has been, in terms of creating a safe space like the Mastermind Connect, 
Um, what have you learned about you, maybe yourself in this space, or what have you also learned about, you know, how to engage with community in working with Mastermind Connect around some of these issues and topics that are pretty, um, unfortunately, are pretty common, um, but there aren't often a lot of spaces designed for us to be able to explore um, some of these triggering points that may affect us um, in a lot of different ways in our lives. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's a new, it's actually a new issue for me. Um, childhood trauma. I, I right before um, we started the mastermind connect, I watched a video by a gentleman named Lennon honor. Um, and I'll send you the link to this video. And it was about addressing your childhood trauma. Um, and it was so powerful. It shook me to my core. And I realized that a lot of the negative things in my life, um, the outbursts, the, the, the crazy lifestyle that I used to have when I was in nightlife, which is a totally other co new conversation, um, it stemmed from a lot of childhood trauma that I experienced growing up. And I was ashamed of it. Um, I, I watched a lot of physical and, and uh, abuse, my mother. Um, I grew up in a really, really tough neighborhood in South Jamaica, Queens in the 80s and 90s. Um, and I witnessed a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say like poverty, because poverty and being broke to me are two different things. But Absolutely. I grew up with the bare minimums, right? And I always say this, I, I didn't meet the first white person I met. I, I was 12, 13 years old. So I was sheltered to a degree growing up in my neighborhood, watching my parents, friends uh, become crack addicts during that time. But what I realized, uh, you know, when I started educating myself and I stumbled across these, this video, um, a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of men out there who are also dealing with similar issues, especially men of color. We are taught to be tough. We are taught not to show our emotions, not to be vulnerable. Um, you can't cry. <laughs> you can't be broke. You can't be broken. Um, and I, I saw an opportunity. We saw an opportunity to create spaces and conversations around this topic. And we bond through that because when you are vulnerable with another person, you are building a bond of some sort. So it has allowed us to tear down those walls that those defense mechanisms that come with being a man of color. And our group is not just for men of color, but it is primarily men of color. Um, and it, you'll find even, you know, white men that are in the group, some of our, our white brothers that are in the group, they're going, they, they went through the same thing, but it's allowed us to spark a new conversation and take that conversation even outside of the group to the community. So when we're dealing with young men, um, we're able to identify with them a little bit better because we come down to their level. Uh, that whole military style of mentoring, I don't agree with uh, to a degree. Um, I believe in discipline, but you know, young black men need compassion. Um, they need love. They need to. They need. They need a hug. You know. They need things like that. One of the things, quickly, I'll touch on this, we just accomplished in September, which was a major, major deal. Um, we had an initiative called Camping to Connect. We took uh, a bunch of 
uh, young black males from the inner city, from underserved communities, and we took them overnight camping on uh, on Governor's Island. Uh, and it was it took about a year to plan this thing every day, and it was a huge success. One of the things that we did is we bonded with those young men, and we spoke to those young men about what's your fears, what do you look forward to, what issues are you having at home. And you'll see even the members, they start opening up, and the young teens look at the members as, of course, adults, and they go, wow, you go through that as well? So there's this whole bonding that happens around being honest about what you've been through as a man, as a young man, um, and sharing. There's there's something there, and it's new to our community, relatively new, the, 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 the conversation of mental health and childhood trauma. Uh, so we're 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 right there um, to keep spreading that message of it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be open about your experiences. And so one thing I like about what with the work that you're doing with the Mastermind Connect is not only are you doing this with you know adult folks who are navigating these spaces, but like you mentioned, there's work through the Young Mastermind Initiative where you're you're tackling some of these issues at an earlier age to help in their development as they, you know, become, you know, men become adults with that. And so ideally, where do you see, you know, and looking down the line, you know, a few years down the line, where do you see, see the Young Mastermind Initiative aspect of Mastermind Connect growing or going to in terms of reach and impact? That's a great question. Um, the Young Masterminds Initiative, um, was one of our first major pilot programs that we we uh, put out there um, in 2017 in a school, and uh, we took over a school for a whole day during the weekend with about 50 kids, and it was just a full day of know your rights workshops. It was um, how to um, coexist with the opposite sex during this era you know, the Me Too era and how to respect your uh, woman, uh, not only in workspaces, but school spaces and out in the street, um, financial literacy. So we're trying to, we're, we're, we're taking a 360 approach to what it is to be uh, a man. Because um, we primarily work with young men of color. Sometimes, you know, we get the opportunity to work with young women of color. Um, but I see the Young Masterminds Initiative, that's a great question. I see the Young Masterminds Initiative um, in various different schools in um, major cities or any city that we have a chapter in, um, uh, for better explanation. I see us uh, aligning with nonprofits, more nonprofits, going into the school systems, the Department of Education, whatever city they're in, uh, but ultimately, and this is a personal goal, <laughs> um, I would like to open up our own center. That's like a dream for me. Mm. I would like to open up our own center, which also serves as a, a, a continued education space for young people in inner city communities. Instead of going, hanging at the bodega after school, you come here, you learn how to play an instrument, you talk, you eat. You, you, you learn a trade, perhaps you get financial literacy, you get, you get all this support, you get job training, how to be an entrepreneur training, which is something that is non-existent in the school system. Um, but that's just speaking from my heart right now and not speaking from a script, 
Um, that's where I see young masterminds in a few years. But as it stands right now, we do have relationships with the Department of Education in New York City, and it's a great relationship. And we're continuing to grow uh, different relationships with different charter schools and nonprofits. Uh, and we have an official launch for the Young Masterminds Initiative, Q1 of 2019. So you'll be seeing a lot of us. Mm. I'm excited to see how that's going to uh, manifest because I think, you know, I, from the passion um, and this the work that you guys are doing, I, I definitely know this is going to be such a, um, a such a, a very engaging, impactful opportunity for the for the young men uh, that you guys will be able to interact with. One question I want to um, to talk to Absolutely. you about, Raz. You know, I've, I had the opportunity to look at your, your blog and I've actually, so I'm, I work in education and I, I use a lot of resources. One of the ways that I found um, that I was able to reach out to you is that, you know, I use a lot of resources when I talk to my students. Um, and, you know, I like to do a lot of article discussions and, and opening up and your blog um, has been one of those resources that I've used in terms of going back to and, you know, sharing and printing articles and um, to talk to my students about. And one of the questions I'd love to ask is that, um, how do you, um, and even with your partners, how do you guys curate the content for the blog? Because um, I think you touch on a very wide range of topics. Like there's topics of, you know, talking about fatherhood and mental health and, you know, pop culture references and bringing that in from a developmental perspective. Um, how do you curate the topics um, and content for the blog? Well, the blog... Um and, and you can definitely expect more content in Q1 of 2019. It's something we've also been working on. What we, we actually took a different approach to the content now. So we want it to be from the heart. Um, so a lot of the content now is contributed by our members. Our members are phenomenal. I mean, all of them are just dope dudes um, through and through. And one thing, one system that we, and I'm, I'm letting the cat out the bag here, but one system that we've had is when we have an experience like, um, you know, a camping to connect or an event, we ask the members to report on it. We ask the members to write about it. So the content is not just coming from the founders uh, because we're very hands-on with, with everything. So a lot of the content is being fed by the, uh, now by the members and we just want everything to feel organic and be organic um, but a lot of the content in the, is in the vein of what we stand for and our three pillars our three pillars are respect reciprocity and resources so a lot of our content is centered around that a lot of the content is centered around events and how people felt about being at our events and our experiences like for the community etc topics that affect uh, men today. Um, we had one of our members who actually lives in Vegas and we're heading out to the West Coast in a week to open up a West Coast chapter. Um, mm. He wrote about his experience with losing his, his firstborn son um, prematurely. And that article was deep. It was heartbreaking. Uh, and it was called Ghost Dad. Uh, because a lot of you hear a lot of from a woman's perspective, but you really hear from a man's perspective of what he went through psychologically, um, and you know holding his son is you know and, and but not being able to take him home and that content. I mean, I had women reaching out to me like, 
I just want to thank him so much for sharing his experience. And I shared the article with my husband. We lost a child. So a lot of it is based on real life situations, scenarios, the events that we have. We just try to keep it really organic. Hmm. And I appreciate you guys curating and, and bringing the content. And again, it's a testament, you know, as, as you mentioned, that it's it's kind of brought in by the members. It's a testament to the type of members that, that are a part of the Mastermind Connect. One thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, you know, you talked about your three pillars um, and one of them stuck out, you know, definitely, I mean, all three, very great. But I want to talk a little bit more about um, reciprocity and kind of what that means in the context of the work that you do um, and then the work that Mastermind Connect does and why maybe that was one of the pillars or, or a concept that was really important to to be included in the work that you do. And this is, to me, reciprocity is an abs- it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing and it has to be developed. It's not something that is going to happen overnight. And I, I'm being very transparent. We still struggle with that um, within the group because a lot of what I've realized is a lot of men of color feel like islands, like they're just by themselves. They don't feel a part of a community that supports them. And I, I call it the Diddy syndrome. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of a lot of um, men of color feel like I gotta be a mogul, right? But they're not understanding that that's not just done with one person. That's you, you become successful through pulling together a community. Um, you know, even Mark Zuckerberg. You know, he didn't do it on his own. You know, nobody that is truly successful has done it on their own. So reciprocity. You know, the practice of exchanging things with others for mutual benefit. Um, to me, it's something that became a pillar out of my frustration with the industry, because I was in the industry, whatever you want to call that. And I saw a lot of people taking, 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 but I didn't see people selflessly giving back or checking in on one each on one another. Cause it's not always an exchange of things. It can be an exchange of energy. It can be a uh, just as, as the, the mindfulness, right? You know, to me, that's reciprocity. Hey, how are you doing? How is your family? How, you know, before you ask me for something, you know, ask how I'm doing. Uh-huh. And we have been making, to me, that's one of the most top pillars that we have is really nailing it home and seeing what you can do for the brother next to you, you know, what you can do for your community, what you can do for yourself, even showing reciprocity to yourself, you know? Um, But to me, it's one of the most important things in my life. At times, I'll be honest with you, I felt like giving up because felt like our community just, it's everybody's out for self. And I can understand why. You know, we as black men, we don't trust each other. And until we trust each other, that's when true reciprocity can begin and we make it a part of our lifestyle. So it's not just, hey, I'll chill and I'll drink with you and I'll party with you, but I don't care if you have a job or not. And when I say I need a job, you just go, yeah, that's crazy. That's not reciprocity. Yeah. You know, if I'm enjoying your company, if I call you a friend and you can't even pay your bills this month, 
Like, and I'm not concerned with that, that we're not really friends. We don't really have a community. And I have friends from different backgrounds and walks of life that look way different than me. We may not hang out all the time, but the first thing they want to know is, hey, man, how are you doing? You know, how's, how's the money flow going? How's the business going? What can I do to help? And then I have friends that just check in, they share memes with me and all this stuff, but there's no consideration, you know? So we are taking that one-sided mindset and trying to create this two-way street amongst our members. And it's really been working. Um, I remember I had to consciously, you know, look at our events and I said, you know, we used to do monthly mixers. And I was like, you know, there's something missing with these mixers. Um, it feels like people are just showing up to just like, you know, drink and talk and all that, but there's no true bonding going on. So we stopped the mixers and only did it, we're only doing it once a quarter. We have this concept called recess, mm-hmm. which we do it at a member who owns a, a barber lounge called Classic Man Barber Lounge down in Manhattan. And it's like high end, you can get your manicure, your, your haircut, facials, all of that. We meet there every month and we have real talk. We may have a drink, a cigar outside, if you're into that. But we, we're, we're coming there, four or five, six or seven people are getting haircuts. You know, we're talking, we're exchanging ideas. We're talking on how we can build together. That to me is reciprocity. So we created the environment for reciprocity to happen, but it, with, with hopes that it transfers into your lifestyle so you can be a better person and more mindful. Um, so that was a little long winded, but that's what it means to me. No, no, it's, 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 um, you have me and then that's the, the interesting thing is that, and I say this to every podcast episode, um, I think I talked to my guests at a particular time that really is resonant, um, in some space in my life. And so, so you're, you're that, it got the gears turning on this end. Um, so yes, I, I appreciate, um, because I do think that's the case sometimes. I think that, you know. Oftentimes, and you know, sometimes I think it's baked into when we think about concepts like being an entrepreneur, you know, it's very about self or, you know, it's framed in a way that is very about self and we're not really thinking about how we can support others and what that community really looks like. Um, And sometimes that can be very, um, Mm -hmm. it it can be heavy um, in that because you don't see the same, you know, you don't see the same input as the output that, you know, you may feel like you're putting out and, and it, it doesn't always seem like it balances out sometimes in the community, especially uh, sometimes in communities of color uh, when people are, are doing work or in a space where they are, they are sharing out that it doesn't always seem like it's, it's a reciprocal um, relationship and what that looks like. So I appreciate you, you know, sharing that and that being just, you know, uh, an important focal point of the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Look, if you can share articles about Cardi B and people that you don't even know, or your friend of 10 years launched a business and you can't share that business link, like something's wrong, you know? So just be, whoever's listening, just be conscious of that. You know, I see that post on social media all the time. And every time I see it, I repost it because I think that's, that's, that's the case oftentimes where it's just like, you know, we, we, and it's one of those things like, it's nothing wrong. So if you want to post the Cardi B article, it's cool, but also keep in mind, make that space for people right. that are important for you um, in the work that they're doing. Like, you know, it share support and people think that oftentimes support always has to be financial, but you know, a, a repost, a share is support in a way. 
Um, that sharing, I mean, that reciprocity can look very different um, and it can manifest in a lot of different ways if we're just open to what that looks like. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we, we made a big deal about, you know, the voting, right? And, mm. and I'm all for it. Uh, you got to vote. Your life depends on it. But you know what? Uh, economic freedom, <laughs> you know, that, that your life depends on it. Like, all of our lives depends on it at, mm. at some degree. It's not all about money, you know, but, you know, we got we to gotta go hard for supporting one another because I think that's the, the, the true way that, Black folks can get liberated in this country is economic freedom and creating that creating that environment for ourselves. We don't have to go outward to be successful. Mm. So we don't have to assimilate. We don't have to code switch. We don't have to do any of that. We can actually be ourselves and 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 just create legacies. And that's what I want each one of our our members to be concerned with is their legacy. Uh, so these platform, this platform is designed for you to focus on your legacy uh, while supporting other your 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 brother's legacy. So I think that's a good segue into um, asking about your thoughts on leadership and maybe how you define what leadership is. Yeah, man, leadership it, it changes for me. It's so funny. Um, the more aggressive Mike from like 2009, 2010, <laughs> like it's all about grinding, man. You know, I was in that phase of my life. Team, no sleep, man. You know, I was, I was that crazy, I was that crazed entrepreneur who wouldn't sleep on purpose. And I thought leadership was just about pushing, pushing. Um, but it really, to me, it's about being a guiding light. You know, it's helping yourself and others navigate through the unknown. Um, but this, and this is, this is meme, everything we, we, we keep referencing memes. I love it. Um, this is just the times we're in, but there's this <laughs> meme where there's a wolf, there's a wolf way in front and he's plowing through this huge snowstorm and a couple meters back are the rest of the wolf pack. And that to me is leadership is paving that way. Even though it may be scary, you may be scared, but just being that guiding light to create that path for yourself and others. Um, that to me is leadership at this point in my life. It may change five years from now. You know, my beliefs, some of my beliefs change based off my experiences, but it's not about me knowing everything because I don't know everything and I'm not even concerned with knowing everything because when you come off like a know-it-all, people don't want to help you. Um, so being a guiding light, that's, that's what leadership means to me. You are going to make mistakes. I've made so many mistakes within the last almost two years of running this business. Um, but I, you know, I have founders, my, my business partners to lean on and to take the, the, the will to lead when need be. Mm. With that, how do you define mindfulness? You know, we talked about it, you know, through through our conversation. How do you define mindfulness? Man, bro, mindfulness saved my life. Mm. Um, but you know, it's it's. I think mindfulness. When you first discover mindfulness, it is it is like it's like Neo, when he like got out of the Matrix. You're like, whoa, <laughs> like, like, dude, this 
the rabbit hole goes deeper than just like what I've been seeing, you know, vacations and reality TV and whatever you're into that's certain this surface world. I think that mindfulness is everything. I think it's also an essential part of leadership. And it'll surprise you how many people lack this awareness. Um, it's helped me become more conscious uh, in my worldly dealings, um, helped me go deeper internally. Um, to me, it's, it's important because mindfulness, it'll be your compass on your journey. Mm. So with that said, there's, there's a part that, you know, when you first, like I had, I discovered mindfulness of my childhood trauma and it made me really sad at first. I was like, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I curse. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. <laughs> I was like, oh my, I was like, oh my God, I've been doing that to myself. And I got really sad. But in that mindfulness, you have to, you have to calibrate yourself. You have to know that this new awareness uh, of self um, is healthy because you're mindful of it, but you shouldn't get down on yourself because you can't solve something right away. You know, you, it, it, it's the beginning of another journey. That's all it is. You know, when you become mindful of your behavior, um, I like to think, I'd like to say, yes, I was, you know, what they would call a very toxic person when I was in nightlife, I, I, I was like, not to my own horn, I was like the king of nightlife in New York City uh, for a specific demographic, like young black, you know, urban professionals. I was killing it. Um, and, you know, my ego was there. and I just wasn't mindful of how other people felt. I was just drinking, partying, and taking advantage of whatever I could take advantage of. And then when that party was over and the music went off, I was like, wow, you know, what's going on? And it put me in a place where I had to be mindful. And I was like, man, maybe I wasn't such a nice person. <laughs> maybe I didn't treat that person with the utmost respect. So there was a, an evaluation of self there that made me become more mindful. I did spend about two years feeling really bad uh, about how I treated certain people myself. But, you know, I, I asked for forgiveness. And I started doing the internal work and I love myself. I, I love the people around me and I love the community that I built. My life is not based off of escapism anymore. And that's due to being mindful. So that's my dealings with mindfulness. But I, I brothers, you've got to be, if you're listening to this sisters, you've got to develop a, a state of mindfulness. If you want to be, uh, successful and not just financially, just overall health wise. And so I'd like to ask, especially, you know, based on our conversation, so for where you are in your life, what does success look like for you now? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you, running a startup, boy, you, that, <laughs> when, you when you run a startup, that will quickly change. Um, and I feel like, you know, I, I, oh man, success changed when I went through, there's a thing called dark night of the soul. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a period in your life where it seems like everything is just going wrong. You go through really dark, depressive moments and 
you're questioning everything and it's just a, a, a continuous series of events that make you feel sad and force you to go within. And after I went through my dark night of the soul, um, success, the idea of success changed for me. It wasn't financial. Because even when I was going through my dark night of the soul, I was making decent money. So it wasn't about money anymore because everything was money, 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 money with me. Um, for me, success now looks like family. Um, you know, I have three wonderful kids. I have stepkids. Um, my, I, I love my kids. Um, you know, I just want to see them be healthy and successful in their lives. Um, community. Um, I am a social entrepreneur, so community means everything to me. Um, I like to think of myself as a man of the community um, and good health, which is something I'm, I'm always working towards, <laughs> you know, limiting how much, you know, my alcohol intake and, you know, sometimes not drinking at all, um, trying to motivate myself to work out um, and, 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 and have some sort of physical activity and the thoughts and how I talk to myself. I had a very rough morning because UPS lost a package, <laughs> a very important package. Like 20 minutes before I got on this call, I was like, God damn it. Uh, and I UPS. looked at my wife. Yeah, I went downstairs. <laughs> I looked at my wife in my house. I said, you know what? We're going to have a really good Sunday. And I'm going to watch the way that I talk to myself. She said, good. So family, community, and good health, that's what success looks like to me. Hmm. And I love asking this question. I, I think this is probably my first time probably processing this out loud is that I like asking this question because I love when my guests reframe what success is in ways that, you know, just are outside of the financial. And I think oftentimes, and I think about my interactions with my students is that oftentimes it's very, very much monetary, very much physical, very much those things that are, and I just had an opportunity to present um, at the HRC uh, for a group of student leaders. And, you know, one of the other presenters who was one of my best friends, um, we had this conversation about self-care, right? And that, you know, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a misconception about what self-care is. And that, you know, she asked the students, you know, what, what do you consider self-care? And, you know, a lot of things came up of, you know, going to get my nails done or going to go buy something. <laughs> yeah. And that, right. you know, the question that she posed, and I told her, I was like, man, it was such a simple question, but it was a, a weighted question. It's like, if those are the things that you consider self-care, what happens when you don't have the money? Um, mm. it, it was a lot of mm -hmm. gasp in the room and a lot of, you know, it was like, ooh, she laid something heavy. But it's really big that, you know, things that once people start reframing success outside of things connected to the monetary, um, it starts to it starts to really change that perspective and what that looks like. And so I, I love asking that question because I, I definitely think it helps open up and widen the the understanding and expression of what success really is and what it means. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, you know, money is just currency. It flows. Um, I, I, the lights, I live in the suburbs, so when we have really bad rainstorms, the lights just go out like for blocks and blocks and blocks. And I remember I was on my phone, my, my, my wife was on her phone, my youngest son was on the iPad. And, <laughs> you know, it was just like, we were all just plugged into this matrix. And then the lights went out. 
and we were forced to not forced, but, <laughs> but we, we we had no uh, no other choice but to like sit there and talk to each other and hang out with one another with like minimal lighting that was battery operated, and it was one of the best times I've had this quarter. And we were mindful of we, we're going to do more of that. That made me feel successful. I was like. I didn't have this when I was growing up with my family. We didn't talk like this. So the fact that I'm achieving this right now with my own family is is amazing. And I think it's also an age thing because when I was young, it was all about monetary, you know, but I couldn't go buy anything because all the stores were closed, you know, so I can go make myself happy by going to buy something. You know, we had to be with ourselves and that was family, community, um, it matters. So I love asking my, my guests the question about, you know, books and resources and things that have been influential for your own growth and development. And so I know when you submit the information I got from you, I was excited because you mentioned a book that I really enjoy. Um, and it was Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. Um, that's one of my favorite books, one yeah. of my favorite personal development books. Um, why was that book so influential or um, important to you in your own personal growth and development? You know, it, it, I'd never heard of the book before um, until um, I sat down with my friends from um, a company called uh, My Uber Life, and they're a consultation firm that sits with, uh, sits with you know, uh, startups and just really helps them become more business minded. And we sat down with them, me and my, my partner, Manny Almonte, and we're like, hey, this is what we want to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And this is what we want to do. We want to bring this membership group. We, you know, we had about 12 kind of founding members. We didn't really have a, a hardcore vision. And my, my friend Winston said, well, let me draw a circle for you. So he, he drew the golden circle diagram. Mm. And he was like, what is your why? Always start with what is your why? Why do you want to do this? And I was like, ah, oh, that's a great question. And it stumped me. So I took it upon myself to access the book after. And it just really changed my whole perspective about even just decision making um, and the influence on human behavior um, and inspiration, you know. And it, it, was, a, it was an essential part of um, how we connected with our members because we didn't want it to just look like something you just sign up for and people are collecting your money. No, you know, the why is we really wanted to make change amongst how men communicate and operate in their lives. We really wanted to have a real impact, it, it, especially during these times where you know, the whole men are trash movement is going on. And, you know, for a lot of reasons, I can understand why, you know, a lot of women are fed up. Mm -hmm. Look at most of the bad decisions that are happening in the world. More than likely, there's a man behind it or several men behind it. Um, so we knew that was a part of our why. But that book had a profound um, impact on, on me for, for those reasons. Hmm. I'm glad. Yeah, that's yeah. When I saw that, I was like, yes, I love this. This is a great book. Um, it's actually a book that I share. Um, I share pretty 
you know, often when I talk to some of the clients I do with my graphic design work um, and, you know, some consulting work that I do in terms of, you know, small businesses and stuff that, you know, I, I ask them, you know, hey, I think you should check out this work. And I talk to them um, about some of the concepts that he talks about, because I think it's important to refocus and have that as a point that you always go back to when, you know, things, you know, you mentioned, it, you know, as an entrepreneur, sometimes I think it's very easy for it to be glamorized and over glamorized sometimes but when it gets tough and it does quite often um it's always good to circle back around to the why um as a point of motivation to keep you going and understanding like this is the reason why i'm dealing with all this stuff that's happening that's making me pretty unhappy right now that's stressing me out i'm doing this because the why is that important because um, i think sometimes we get in the motion of doing things and not understanding how it connects to you know, what life looks like and, and what we are envisioning for ourselves. Yes, absolutely. So one of the questions oh, I like I to love ask, the book. Yeah, man, it's great. I, I've been, I've been referring it to everybody. I actually bought a few copies and we've been giving it out to folks. It's, it's, it's pretty dope. It's one of my favorite probably uh, resources at the moment. Oh yeah. One of the questions I like to ask um, as we wrap up the interview um, conversation is that, um, at the end of the day, um, what do you want your legacy to be? Hmm. Um, well, you know, I, I, this, that's a great question. And um, just to take a step back, you know what I've realized with the great men, right? I've always been obsessed with being a great man. Um, and that kind of has done a, a lot of good for me but also a lot of self-harm because I was trying so hard to be this great person and I wasn't focused on being a good person, right? Mm. Since we have this idea, like, just because somebody has money, they're a great man and they win an award and all these things, right? He's a great man, but is he a good man? And at this point in my life, I want my legacy to be, he was a good man. He fell, he had his, his dark times, but he was mindful enough to correct those issues. Um, and like I said, you know, I, I was in nightlife for a long time and I was womanizing and I was a cheater and I was all these things. And I was a little boy that was trapped inside of a grown man's body. And I did everything to run away from my problems that happened in my childhood. And I want people to know that he was a good man. I often study a lot of good men and great men. And I always notice that great, that like dark area in their Wikipedia pages, right? So it's like, you know, hey, this person, he sold 18 million albums. You know, he, uh, you know, he was the first black man to do this. He was in this. And then they start, they had that, you know, well, he was on drugs between these three years and lost all of his money. And then you keep reading the Wikipedia pages, like, then he came back and he came back with a solid gold album and started serving his community. And so it's, it's not the, it's not all about the, the messed up things that you feel that you've done in your life. That's not going to define you. It's all about how you bounce back from those things, you know, a lot of times. And um, I'm happy to say that I bounced back from the bad times. Um, and I went from being a bad man <laughs> to a, a good man. And I am unlearning a lot of 
negative behavior that was passed on to me by my father and people that I used to hang around with, the users, the moochers, whatever, you know, the woman I used to deal with. And I now have a better sense of myself. So my legacy, I want people to say he was a good man that served his community, that loved his family, and was an amazing creative. Because being creative means a lot to me as well. Um, there's a competitive nature that I have there with creativity. And I believe creativity is the spice of life. So I just want to be remembered as a good man. And I hope my funeral is lit. You know, I hope, <laughs> you know, people are pulling up. I want people to party. You know, I don't want them to mourn. So I want that to be my legacy. I ask for nothing more than that because everything else I can control. Hmm. Well, listen, Mike, this has been uh, an amazing conversation. I want to say thank you um, for taking the time out to have this conversation. I know, you know, as we talked earlier, you know, recently had a family expansion and I know what that does for life. So um, thank you for <laughs> taking agree, that time yeah. out. Um, how can my um, listeners get in contact with you? What's the best way? Social media, website? Um, yeah, share, share, share that with me. So right now, um, I, I have two ways. So social media, you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Mike 926. That's M-R-M-I-K-E 926 uh, on Instagram. Uh, my company's Instagram is at Mastermind Connect across all social media platforms. Um, and I'm also launching a new platform um, that I'm taking my time on uh, called The Rebel Camp. Mm. Um, and The Rebel Camp is all about raw inspiration for today's entrepreneur. Um, there is not a subject we do not touch. I am a, really the platform is to mix entrepreneur, to talk about entrepreneurship as it relates to mental health and vice versa. Mm. Um, because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs we do not take into account our own mental health because we are superheroes. But we are only superheroes sometimes in our own lives. Um, so you can check out the website. It's just right now, it's the email list, therebelcamp.com. Um, and I am, I'm going to be doing a lot on that platform. And on Instagram, you can follow at therebelcamp. And that's going to be my own personal platform, Soapbox. <laughs> that I'm working on. So you can expect a lot of cool things from that. Perfect. I've got, the, you know, I've, I have the feeling that we should, we need to circle back around and have a, because I think what you just said in terms of entrepreneurships and, and mental, entrepreneurs and mental health, I think is a conversation we probably should tease out. I think there's a lot to, to talk about and discuss there. So yeah, I have a feeling we'll probably, just, we got to circle back around. We got to circle yeah, back man, I, I'm here, man. I, I really appreciate your platform. Uh, like I said, I, I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts, um, but when Talib was on, it was so damn, it was just so good. I told Talib, I was like, man, this is like one of the best interviews I've listened to in a long time because he was just speaking to me. You know, Talib has that real calming effect. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, you, got, you guys killed it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, listen, thank you again. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, and if I can be of service to you in any kind of way, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Absolutely, bro. I, I really appreciate everything and peace to all the listeners out there. I'll definitely be sharing this across all my platforms. 
Thank you again for your continued support of the Mindful Rebel podcast. I appreciate the listens. I appreciate you vibing with the podcast. Um, if you would like to check out past episodes, please go to any of your favorite podcasts and platforms. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Anchor FM. If you want to learn more about me and what I do as a creative, an educator, and a scholar, you can go to my website. That's SeanJMoore.com. Again, that's SeanJMoore.com to learn a little bit more about me and what I do. Uh, Again, thank you for your continued support. Please, any feedback that you have, any potential guests that you'd like to hear on the podcast, don't hesitate to reach out. Let me know what you think. Uh, All feedback is welcome. Thank you.